Team Biden plots with Brussels to create the EU army, the Tory party clash over the foreign aid budget, and the Bishop of St. David's goes into hiding and leaves social media after her left-wing bias is exposed. Hello everyone and welcome to today's program. Now, we know that the United States of America, under the new administration with Joe Biden, they've made some changes to their foreign policies, to the way they want to be seen on the international stage. Now, you might think that uh, President Trump was the worst president ever and Biden is your savior. But in fact, we know that historically that Democratic presidents are in <laughs> the exact opposite of what America was supposed to be. Uh, at times, they intervene where they're not supposed to intervene. And at times, uh, they make mistakes uh, which affects the national security of America and the rest of the world. Now, we know that Joe Biden is quite close to the European Union. He's obsessed with his Irish heritage. He doesn't really care about the British uh, culture and Britain as uh, the main ally of America, the special relationship. But we didn't know that Joe Biden and his team, the think tanks around him, the groups that fund and support Joe Biden, uh, are very much in favour of the EU army. The latest we have, thanks to Politico, which hasn't really been mentioned on the mainstream media, is that uh, the group behind uh, Team Biden, basically, which is the Centre for American Progress, uh, have been coming up with all these reports and plans to push for the EU army to finally start. Now, there are a lot of problems for the EU army to even exist because of the division inside the European Union, uh, who's going to be the main leader. But the fact that Joe Biden and America, the American government, uh, want to uh, you know, have the European Union to have their own military force uh, raises a lot of questions. Firstly, why? Why does the American government want to lose the control that they have in NATO as the main leader? Uh, why is it that they want the European Union to become uh, almost the United States of Europe? Uh, and is it going to affect the international community overall with the rivals and enemies that we have, whether it's the Communist Party in China or the others? Now, in this video, we're going to talk about this. We're going to analyze the whole situation behind uh, the creation of the European Union's uh, fake army uh, and also some stuff that's happening at home inside the UK with a foreign aid budget. Now, this is a hot topic and uh, everybody has their own opinion. It's not really a right wing or left wing thing. Some of the right wingers are in favor of the foreign aid. Some of the left wingers want to cut it as well, depending on what sort of left winger we're talking about, not the progressive liberals. And also the woke side are now taking over, as we said, academia and media, but also church. Oh, well, it's not nothing new, but they're exposing themselves even further. First, let's talk about America. Now, this report that's now been published by Tim Biden, uh, you know, just 10 days before uh, President Biden makes his first trip abroad, because uh, he's going to go to G7 and also the NATO summit, ironically, NATO <laughs> calls out Washington uh, for to have the European allies to spend more on the militaries to reach the NATO's 2% of GDP spending target. Fine, that's what America has always been pushing the European Union to do, the European countries to do. But the report actually said, this is written by uh, Max Bergman, saying Europe's dependence on the United States for its security means that the US possesses a de facto a veto on the direction of European defense. Now, since the 1990s, the United States has typically used its effective veto power to block the defense ambitions of the European Union now, basically, what Max is trying to tell you is that we need to empower the European countries and the European Union. Why? But it's, this is not in the interest of America. It's not in the interest of Europe itself or the world. They think 
that because America has been leading NATO, uh, you need to make Europe more dependent, uh, more independent, obviously, so that they don't really rely on the American, American budget. You, you don't have to create a European Union army because it makes absolutely no sense. You either make the European countries independent to actually have the German or the French or the Polish armies to be stronger and independent, uh, or if you really don't care about that, then fine. Get them to have their own fake European army and see how it's going to end. We already have NATO. Now, NATO is not perfect. We know that. There are a lot of problems with it, especially when it comes to the leadership and this cooperation. Yes, America and the UK uh, you know, give more money than the others. Uh, there is a lot of laziness around the German government in terms of the way they fund it or lack of funding. Uh, but in terms of the community itself, all these countries are supposed to be working together. Now, if America doesn't want to be uh, the big brother, uh, so all these other smaller countries to be dependent on them, then all they have to do during the NATO summit to bring up the new agenda to say that we no longer want to drag you along. You know, America just needs to just be its own boss. And uh, NATO needs reform. We know that. But creating a European Union army, considering, for example, Germany cannot even handle anything. German army and military in general, they're not, they don't have enough power to even defend themselves at this point. Uh, so who is going to be the main leader of the European Union army? Is this going to be the Italians? Is it going to be the French? Or is it going to be some sort of weird family utopia? They're all going to be working together. Well, it didn't really work in the European trading bloc that's called the European Union, did it? Because ever since the European uh, Commission was created, it just created more problems. So any sort of uh, multinational institutions that's created, um, it's just going to create more bureaucracy and more complications. As I've always said, in politics, size matters. And big is bad. Big government is bad. And big institutions are bad. And again, big business is bad. You make things more complicated. No one really knows who's in charge. Now, Germany, imagine if NATO, the European army is created. Uh, you would expect Germany to be the leader because they are the leaders of the European Union. Now, as I said, considering they don't even have enough people for their own military, how is it, it might take 10 minutes for China to invade Europe. And then America needs to come and save Europe. So it just defeats the whole purpose. Because America, at the end of the day, they are still allies to the UK and the rest of the European continent. So even if they make the independent European Union army, if the EU army fails, well, you're going to have to get the UK and the US to come and help you. So what's the point? So it, all you have to do is just create a, a more unity uh, behind uh, NATO and reform it, the way it's funded, and the way it's actually making decisions, because right now it's a bit of a mess, uh, but this is not the solution we have. Now, when it comes to international stage and foreign policies, there are a lot of uh, debates around how to handle this, especially when it comes to foreign aid. Now, UK foreign aid budgets, it's as a concept, it's supposed to be partly aid and charity, essentially, and partly investment, international investment. Now, this whole thing, as a department, now it's been abolished, it's now been moved, it's been merged with the Foreign Office. Good, rightly so. Uh, but historically, over time, it just doesn't work. Now, the debate that's been created over foreign aid is black and white. You are either pro it or against it. There's no middle ground. There's absolutely no middle ground in this thing, which is a big, big problem. Everything in politics is becoming black and white. And that's so wrong, because right now, there's a debate in the UK. Uh, UK government are aiming to cut foreign aid. And, uh, of course, left-wing Tories like Theresa May and others are kicking off because they want to spend more of taxpayers' money onto, obviously, this budget. Now, 
as I said, this is becoming now a left-wing and right-wing thing, which is not really supposed to be like this, because um, you could be in favor of foreign aid as a concept. I can be in favor of international investment if we know exactly where the money is going and if the return is going to be there. Now, the money that we are wasting right now, when we send it to Brazil or India, they waste it on their own space programs. When we send it to uh, other countries like Pakistan, well, it goes into funding terrorism. And when it goes to, you know, to other countries that we have, we are still sending money to our enemies for some reason. I don't really know how or why, um, but there's absolutely no reason to have this lack of transparency when it comes to foreign aid. So, of course, there are some people in the Tory party who want to cut it. Now, maybe the solution is not com to completely cut it, but short term, maybe you have to. Because short term, we already have our own problems in the country. And then long term, we could bring it back and it could create the transparency. When we know that because of the pandemic and because of everything that's been happening, the economic crisis, we don't have enough money to spend our own public um, services. Education is now currently being damaged at schools. Um, and uh, there's now a massive clash inside the government, inside the Westminster bubble, into how to handle this. Now, Boris Johnson appointed the SAR uh, chief, um, Sir uh, Kevin uh, Collins, who's been in charge of this kind of program to ensure that we find the best recovery fund for our schools. Now, he's not quit because he had a massive row with the government in Downing Street uh, in terms of the long-term measures on how to save our people funding. Now, it's absolutely hilarious the way Boris Johnson's government made these promises in terms of funding for education, and they are now wasting money on a number of fronts. It's not just foreign aid, it's HS2. It's all the other big fantasy land projects that have been wasted now, this whole thing is completely bringing down the things that really matter. Now, we know that we're going to have this Brexit dividends, and they keep talking about how they want to spend it. But when you go back to education, the funding is not going to be enough. Uh, it's just over one billion pounds. And uh, they want 15 billion pounds to actually solve the problem long term. We know that the politicians are very willing to just throw the money at the NHS because the NHS is a cult and it's a religion. You cannot you know, refuse funding for the NHS, otherwise there will be a riot in the streets and uh, from the right and the left. But what about schools? What about teachers? What about the actual, um, obviously hard-hitting uh, kind of areas that uh, need the focus and the attention that's not really getting? Now, we know that uh, when it comes to education, there should be proper reforms. Uh, the state needs to get out of it completely, but you know we have to make sure that the funding is there. Um, if you want to make schools more independent, like academies or free schools, uh, the government needs to have a proper plan. Uh, right now, we don't really know exactly what's going on. So, because there's no appetite politically to pay attention to schools, and that's just one area. All the other parts of the public sector also needs attention. Now, this Brexit dividend, Ian Martin's written this article in the Times, talking about how we can actually take advantage of this new global Brexit Britain uh, to make sure that we are focusing on the right areas. Now, it's, it's no longer about just raising taxes and then spending money. You can now cut red tape cut regulations and cut taxes in certain areas to raise money, to make things easier. Now, Ian Martin is talking about reforming things from finance to data and digital uh, aspects of the economy. Uh, and that's the way to do it. Now, everything else is so analog. Like we, we know that foreign aid, there's absolutely no digital around it. There's no, no one really knows exactly uh, where the money is going. Uh, it's the same with education. It's still very backwards and outdated. All the other areas need to be solved. And then these guys are obsessed with HS2. They think, oh yeah, if you just create a new uh, train line and get the middle class rich kids uh, from the north to travel to London, you're going to help the economy. No, giving more money to London is not going to help the economy. 
you actually need to uh, diversify the growth. Now, of course, there's a lot of division inside our culture and society these days. We know from uh, the, obviously the mainstream media to academia, a lot of teachers and professors who are more obsessed with identity politics, with the woke culture from, uh, you know, the, right now it's June, so everyone's obsessed with the LGBT flag. All the, all the big corporations uh, are changing their Twitter handles and their logos into the, uh, the rainbow flag, thinking that that's it. If we do that, the world is now protected. We're all at peace. No more wars. But it doesn't really change anything. Same with Black Lives Matter last year with Sky Sports uh, or the Premier League. And like, these uh, the virtual signals that don't really help anyone. If you really want to care about the victims of our society and all the injustice, you need to create a better solution. Now, church is also going woke. That's why I mentioned this, because you have the Bishop of St. David's. Now, Joanna Penbury, who is uh, supposed to be part of the state. Now, of course, this country is institutionally a Christian country. The queen is the head of church. So it's, it's, we're not like America. We haven't really separated church and state in that sense. But we don't really bring religion into politics on an everyday basis. So we know that these people need to be impartial. Their job is supposed to just do be doing religion. Don't, don't get involved with political campaigns or your weird ideologies because they all happen to be left-wing. I don't really understand this. All these uh, religious leaders, uh, they were supposed to be conservative with a small c. But no, they're all left-wing liberals. They're all very hippie. So this person, Bishop of St. David's, came out, tweeted, never, never, never trust a Tory. And m many more tweets like this. It wasn't just a one-off, oh, I got drunk, accidentally tweeted at 9.30 p.m. No, <laughs> it's, it's been, there's been a trend. Uh, which uh, people like Joanna and others uh, who've been doing this. When you look at her Twitter uh, bio, firstly, the Twitter handle, that I don't understand this, this is the longest name I've seen, and also called VR Remain, hashtag GTTO, hashtag FPPE, of course, and the banner says, we'll forever remain the Welsh European inside the European Union, all the usual, we've got the, the Labour flower, then all the rose and everything else. Classic, right? Of course, the bishop is going to be political. It shouldn't be like this, but it is. But now, I went to uh, back back to Twitter to see if I can message Joanna to bring her uh, to kind of ask some questions. You know, going to be interviewed about her views and how church should behave. But discovered the account doesn't exist. The account has been deleted, and uh, the bishop has left social media, so we can't really contact her, unfortunately. But we are more than willing to have any guest to express their opinion. So if you know the Bishop of St. David's, get in touch, bring her on the show. We'd love to have her as a special guest uh, to interview. Uh, but this is the problem we have. The priorities are changing. Even church is going woke. Corporations, the so-called capitalist corporations going woke. Everything's going woke. Joe Biden is already woke. So what do you expect when you have uh, the ordinary people up and down this country from different areas, small businesses, the education sector, even healthcare are being completely ignored. But the silent majority is here to stay. And we are trying to be here, the voice of you guys, voice of everyone, representing people from across the country. Uh, and, you know, we're going to continue. Tomorrow is going to be a big day. Friday, we're going to hear a lot more from Parliament as well, uh, after everything that's been happening today. And then, then for the weekend, they're going to go away. They're going to do their usual things in the constituencies and come back and give us more problems on Monday. So make sure to uh, leave a comment to let us know if you still like this new format. Uh, we're going to bring more shows. As I said, uh, the first special guest for our new interview series is going to be Alex Belfield. And we're going to have more guests on a regular basis for you guys as well. 
So as I said, just definitely leave a comment or go on the forum section. Uh, I'm going to be there later tonight as well uh, to just have a chat with you guys to see if there are any feedbacks. We are going to make some the updates and changes on the website tonight as well. So you'll be seeing some changes, which will be good for you guys. And also don't forget, if you're a full member, you can submit your questions on a daily basis by going on the membership area. And there's a box where you could just submit your daily questions and I'll answer them on a regular basis. Thanks again for watching. I'm MyTC and I'll see you guys in the next video.